Hello, guys, what's going on? It is Filmcast episode number... 35. 35, hey, what's going on? We're middle-aged, uh, going through a first divorce. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going well. We're buying convertibles when we can't afford them. Yeah, uh, I'm buying the convertible because she took the kids, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just kind of... How are you, you going to win the kids over if you don't got a convertible? My plan is... I'm going to show up to court just looking real fly. You're going to get your ear pierced? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> just get one of them. Yeah, with a chain, with a dangling cross. Oh, man, like George Michael. Yeah. He yeah. always wins court cases. And Randy Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome on in. I am Isaiah Bryant. With me, as always. Alex Green. And, uh, hey, we're Filmcast. Um, a humor podcast, apparently. And we sometimes talk about movies. Yeah, we just dick around and then maybe talk about movies. Yeah, you know, we go to the movies constantly and then... <laughs> Forget then everything. maybe talk about them if you feel like it. Yeah, you know, whatever. So, welcome on in. If this is your first episode, uh, weird one to start on, I'll tell you. But, uh, we are a film podcast weekly. We try. Whenever we feel like it podcast. You know, hey, we're trying to keep low hey, profile. work out. happens, thing happens, give us a break. Anyways. It happens. Talk about all the movies you might have seen. New movies you probably go out and see. Uh, we have both of those cases this week. Uh, two, two of which. Yeah, we. I guess January is going to be buddy cop month for us <laughs> from now on. At least for this week, for uh, sure. Yeah, this week we are going to be talking about the 2007 masterpiece motion picture. Kind film. of a common, kind of a comedy action masterpiece. Yeah, definitely, um, and horror to some. A little degree. bit of horror. Uh, the 2007 Edgar Wright film Hot Fuzz. The second movie in the Cornetto trilogy of uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. Or not At World's End. That's the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, the thir- well, it's World's End yeah, is World's the name End. of the movie. The World's End, I believe, I is think the name. So. At World's End you is the Pirates of the Caribbean. You might be right with the At World's End part. Yeah, that's, part. Carib- that's Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know you why know I know what all we this mean, stuff. Though. Yeah, we mean Hot Fuzz. Yeah. The movie of Simon Pegg. Playing the hero cop, and <laughs> Nick Frost cop. playing the uh, fuddy duddy cop, <laughs> <laughs> and that relates into the new movie we saw, of course, Bad Boys for Life, which I kept calling it Bad Boys Forever, <laughs> about five six times over. But we're gonna talk about that in the second half, and still kind of the hero cop and dumpy cop in that scenario too, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Martin Lawrence is retired Marcus in this new movie. He's definitely a lot more like clumsy, dumpy cop than he was in the other two. Yeah. It's I, really like I was saying before we got here, it was it's addressing um how Will Smith, you know, still got his juices going. Whereas yeah, Michael like, is still a hero cop. Whereas like you know, Marcus is aging a little bit, and, you know, Martin Lawrence is aging a little faster. Yeah, and I think that was a, I mean, we'll talk more about it, of course, in the second half, but that was a good way to kind of address the fact that Martin Lawrence isn't really in comedy action shape still. It, it went a little He's meta. He's an older man. It went a little meta a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, I, the Bad Boys movies have progressively gotten that way, mm-hmm. I think. It's almost like... Uh, Actually, we were talking about the Friday movies in the car. Yeah. Uh, it's almost gotten to the Friday movies to a certain point where it's like the first movie is very serious, like a Miami Vice type movie. <laughs> and the second movie of Bad Boys is kind of like all about the Benjamins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's still violent and still great, but... The only difference is they haven't, Bad Boys hasn't made a Christmas special yet. Not yet. 
<laughs> Wait till Will Smith. The third gets... one really barely is even a Christmas special. No, it's 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 its own it's its own. Film. It's kind of like the second movie. It's almost the same plot as the second. Oh, we're not here to talk it's, about Friday, it, but yeah, like it's, it's Friday after the next, or that's the third one, right? Friday after next. Year. Yeah, that th- we will one day talk about all three of those oh, movies. Oh yes, yeah. so the good. Friday movies are master. But <laughs> for now, uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Man, this was actually. Uh, I want to say Hot Fuzz was the first Edgar Wright movie I saw. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. First one I saw in theaters. First one you saw in theaters? I saw Shaun of the Dead. I got that from Blockbuster. Ah, back yeah. in those old days. Yeah, that's what I got. That's how I saw Shaun of the Dead. I rented it, mm. invited a bunch of friends over. They watched it. Good times. Yeah, and I think uh, Shaun of the Dead's kind of like the perfect introduction to an Edgar Wright movie because it's like everything you could really want. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's irreverent. It has like great characters. The story is familiar, but it's inventive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all of his things, of course. It's funny. Um, it's got horror. All I, it, yeah, but it was either Hot Fuzz or Scott Pilgrim for me. I was a little late to... No, that's not true, because I saw I saw Sean Scott Pilgrim was a little later. Like, yeah. Um, I think that was like, what, 2008, 2009? Yeah, it was the next couple years. 2009, I want to say. Yeah, so we had a few years till Scott Pilgrim came around after... Um, but I, after seeing Hot Fuzz, I immediately went back and watched Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it was right before Paul came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all the, all of the So you were a little, you were a little late to the game with the, with the... Not necessarily. Paul was like Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Uh, maybe, oh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So before Scott Pilgrim came out, I kind of went back and watched Shaun of the Dead. Wasn't there one more Edgar Wright movie before Shaun of the Dead? I don't... Not a part of a Cornell trilogy. No, not part of the trilogy, but I think he did another film before that. I know whoever knows it. I know he's it. had some like writing credits, and he's done some a PA work, too. And Yeah. So it was... Uh, well, let me just get to the story, I guess. <laughs> so in Hot Fuzz, uh, Nicholas Angel is the top flight cop in London. Too fucking good. Uh, he's just so good that he's making everyone else on the force look terrible by comparison. Yeah. So his superiors, in a very funny scene where he's meeting with one superior, he doesn't understand, so he wants to take it higher up. So they just move <laughs> the other superior into the room with them. <laughs> then he wants to take it even higher up, and they move the next superior into the room with them. <laughs> um, but basically, because he's too good, they decide to transfer. The police station decides to transfer Nicholas to. The middle of nowhere, basically. This Let me look up the name of this village. A small little hamlet. Something Shire. Yeah, it's like Bedfordshire or something. That's a, that's a real place. Let me not say that. <laughs> um, but he essentially is put in this small little town that has like, the lowest crime rate in the world, or the lowest crime rate in England, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just a do job. You know, he's just put out there to, to rot, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a fish out of water, I guess you could say. Compared to like, oh, it's... Um, Compared to his normal We life. were completely wrong. It's Samford. Samford, that's right. It's nothing stereotypically... It's one, like, it's one like the nicest... It's ranked the best village in like, at least the countryside. I don't, Listen, we're not from the UK. We don't know... I don't know how, if it's counties it, or... They're anything. not in the moors, I don't think. But it's named the best village in like the UK or England or whatever have you. Whatever contest, it's ranked... Every year in the row, consecutively, mm. the best village. 
in the safest, like the nicest, most pleasant place to live. Yep. And um, it's be, it's so nice there that the police force is a complete joke. Yeah, because they got nothing to do. They have absolutely nothing to do. So they don't know the procedures for anything. They don't know <laughs> when they're supposed to actually do police work compared to Linicolas Angel, who is <laughs> super <cop>. infuriated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the best scenes, I'm sure, if you guys have seen this movie, I'm sure you well know the best scene of uh, him being in the bar. Oh, yeah. And he drinks cranberry juice. He doesn't drink. Yep. Dulls the senses, so, as Batman would say. Exactly. So as he's imbibing his cranberry drink, he's looking around the bar, and it's just teenagers like guffawing with braces in their mouths. He's giving like zits and braces, and like the light reflects. The light gleams off, off of the, the braces, braces. <laughs> and then he just goes up to everyone and it's like, "Oh, what's your birthday?" You know, and I I always remember he asked that one kid, "Yeah, like, when's your birthday?" He's like, "Such and such day." He's like, "What year?" He's like, "Every year." Every year. <laughs> so that kid oh. says it with such smug like, "Oh, you like little... copper like." Yeah, basically that whole fucking copper thing. <laughs> and he arrests all of them. And the first thing they say when he gets into the station is like, you you going to do all the paperwork for these guys? Like, of course he is. Oh, of course. He loves them. That's probably his favorite part, probably. Such a goody two-shoes. He really, yeah. Which, he wants to make sure all of them. Mind you, there's a name of a song on the soundtrack for the movie called Goody Two-Shoes. That's right. And that does I play. I the soundtrack by heart. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack. The kinks are on it. Um, that but it does play a role into uh, later on when all of a sudden people start dying, and it turns out to be people that are doing things uh, one would call detrimental mm-hmm. to the image of the village. But not only are they dying, but they're it's constantly being masked as freak accidents. Yeah, they're they're faked accidents staged by whoever's doing the killings. Mm-hmm. And they're so obviously foul play. But the thing is, though, the cops that live in the town, they're so used to the deaths being freak out of the odd and out of the ordinary accidents that that's all it ever is going to be. That's their right. norm. It's like, oh, that just happens all the time here. Where you have a cop from the outside, just like, you know, the odds are like one in a million to like, you know, a statue falling off a building and laying on and dude's skull. On like, it's just like crazy shit. And it's just like... Were they all like, oh my god, you're just overreacting? It's like, no. Like, yeah. That's what I love about it. It's like, that's their norm, whereas, like, he's an experienced cop. It's like, no, no, no. Like, like, this isn't, this isn't normal at all. What's wrong with you all? And then they, and then they think he's the crazy one, which is awesome. Yeah. Cool dynamic. They play him as the, the one that's running up the conspiracies there and, you know, causing problems. And they all just roll their eyes and laugh. Like, yeah. And uh, it's only once he starts digging deeper that people connected to all the stuff he's looking into start dying. Yeah. It's like, okay. The reporter <laughs> that was going to tell you something secret uh-huh. ends up dying. Or, right? the, or the gardener that fell on her shears. Like, oh, yeah. She's, oh, she just fell on her shears. She's it's like, uh, no. Yeah, she's a florist. And she just has this big-ass <laughs> pair of like forearm-length shears. Right into her throat. Like, Man. Oh, she was just running with them and she fell. She was tired running the mouth. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as you can kind of tell, it's one of the... It's one of those type of thrillers of... Um, 
almost like Invasion of Body Snatchers mm. or uh, Step for Wives. Yeah. Where it's like there's some sort of conspiracy happening. There's the one sane person in town. Yeah, and or... nobody believes them mm. or everybody believes, you know, that's just the way things are. Yeah. And it kind of devolves from there. Um, it's almost a whodunit in a way. Yeah, definitely. Like it's like every every character has different suspicions cast on them because of this reason and that reason. It's got its clue elements for sure. Yeah, except you're I, not trapped in a mansion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not ill. Um, and I think that was the one thing because I mean all three of the trilogy are genre movies. Like obviously the first one is a zombie movie. Zombie horror. This comedy. one's a buddy co- action movie. Detective. And, and the next one is like a pub crawl, like a party movie, almost like a Alien beer fest. Kind of, I mean, talk about Invasion of Ice Snatchers. Oh yeah, that's right. Really, the third one. I uh, forgot all about the alien aspect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and, but I think they, as much as they are like a specific genre, they also bend it a lot. Like yeah, it's an action comedy, it's a buddy comedy, but it's also a thriller. Each one has a comedy it. element. Yeah. And it's like also just this secret village hidden away. And has a creepy gas station or a grocery store owner. And a creepy, uh, has all kinds of creepy fucking characters. The the gas station owner, uh, what's his name? He Oh, the grocery store owner. The grocery store, uh, he's played James by Tim- Bond. Yeah, played by Timothy Dalton. Uh, famously playing James Bond back in the 80s. Yes, he did. Um, infamously? No, he was No, right. I would say Roger Moore's... He also... Yeah, and, that's true. Oof. Roger Moore is the whole Kingsman uh, bit kill. that they're going right now. Um, yeah, and uh, Timothy Dalton was also, for you Doctor Who fans, he was one of the Time Lords that came back. Ah, ha, the ha, I did not there. know that. Yeah. Learned something new every day. He's, he's a, a... A lot of actually... A lot of the actors in this are staples of British television mm. and film, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's cool to see... Because Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, they did that in Shaun of the Dead, obviously. A lot of the same actors One of the was carried over. One of the lady cops, one of the female cops, along a part of the police force, she played Queen Elizabeth in the the favorite movie with oh, Rachel Wise. Oh, that's Lies. right. Um, and she's done a lot of... Uh, she's in a couple... She's in a lot of things right now, actually. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, but uh, Timothy Dalton... Uh, there's a scene with him where it reveals, like, during the traffic stop where, like, the guy's head was beheaded. Oh, yeah. And he pulls up in his convertible <laughs> and he's listening to the song uh, Fire by something. Uh, some, I forgot the name of the song, but it's one of my favorite songs of the soundtrack. But um, it, it just insinuates that he's a part of something sinister. Yeah. Listening. He you know, rolls this, by right at the right time. I mean, and then I believe he also insinuates something about the case mm-hmm. that he wouldn't know. Mm. He says something that tips Nicholas, a- where he's like, wait well, a minute. There's a scene where Nicholas Angel's jogging as you need to arrest me or something like that. Because I have the lowest prices in town <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The first time he ever meets Timothy Dalton's grocery store owner, will you find his name for me? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's jogging. Tim- Nicholas is just jogging down the street. You know, morning routine. Everybody's uh, saying hi to him. In, yeah, everyone knows his very name. very strange. Hello, Officer Angel. Like, he's never met them yet. Yeah, like, it's such a small city. But uh, <laughs> the grocery store owner... Simon runs, Skinner. Simon Skinner, that's Skinner right. Groceries or whatever. He runs like. right up next to him and like a, like he looks like the Unabomber. He has yeah. like a hoodie and glasses on. Yeah. He's like, arrest me, I've committed a crime. <laughs> Like my prices are criminal. <laughs> They're the lowest in town. Like, slashing oh, prices. And just, yeah, he's slashing prices. It's just like, okay, guy, we get it. And the, but then at every subsequent accident scene, mm-hmm. quote unquote, he shows up 
and does something that's just so glaringly suspicious. It's like a Scooby-Doo villain kind of a look. Yeah, and they're really, really trying to like shove that like mm. red hair. I mean, it's not even a red herring necessarily. I mean, no he's spoilers. one of the many red herrings. Yeah. Um, I think that that maybe is another reason it reminds me of Body Snatchers. It's sort of just like you never know who's actually in on it in mm. this until the very end. Um, and obviously we're spoiling this movie's 15 years old by now. Yeah, um, so yeah. it's getting, getting there at least. It's Well, next close. year it'll be 15. Yeah, you're right. Oh, 2007. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Or not, not next year, 2022, but still. Yeah, you know it's I mean. getting there. We're close. Oy. I'm getting old real fast. I remember when this movie came me. out. I do, too. I was in middle school. My friend's mom, who was the cool mom that would take us all oh, rated R movies. I had one of those. So, like, me and all the friends that we're all buddies with, there was a big sleepover and the cool mom took us to go see the rated R ah. uh, Hot Fuzz. And she loved Shaun of the Dead. And, uh, and so she took us, all us boys, on a Friday night after school to, to go see <laughs> Hot Fuzz. Like, and we saw it in Ybor, which is a neighborhood in Tampa, for those who don't know. Excuse you, it's a historical neighborhood historic in America. Neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. One of the first Cigar places. capital of the United States. Yeah, put some respect. <laughs> and, and Guava. We're Guava capital, too. And also, uh, just wild chickens just roaming the streets yeah roosters just, just that walk will, wherever you follow them long enough those roosters will fuck you up <laughs> I'm, I'm serious i've been chased by them oh. like, <laughs> anyways anyways uh yeah the, i think uh as much as it is like this thriller it's like a mystery like oh man people are dying there's hooded creatures running around and shit mm-hmm. this felt like the village yeah um it really is like a buddy cop story at heart. Cause Definitely. Nicholas it, Angel, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it plays up on the buddy cop. Like, yeah. you never seen Bad Boys 2, you know, like. you never seen Bad Boys 2. You know, like the scene where, um, you know, Simon Pegg's character teams up with Ed from Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost's character. I forgot the name of the character Danny, in the movie. Danny, I believe. I think it Danny, was Danny. Danny Butterman. Is that Danny his Butterman. Officer Danny Butterman. Uh, yes, yes. Danny Butterman, um, son of Chief Butterman, or Inspector Frank Butterman. I guess Chief is Inspector. I don't know what the ranks are in England. But Chief Inspector? I don't know. They go to um, the grocery store, and just like you would see at Walmart, like the you know $1 DVD bin, mm-hmm. he's pulling out Jackie Chan's Super Cop. He goes, the oh, Super Cop, so that good. won't stop. And he's reading like the, the Super thing. Cop, that won't stop. Yeah, the, like, the, the line things. read is so good in that. Yeah, and... And then there's even one point in the movie where him and Simon Pegg have a cop, buddy cop movie marathon. Yeah. Uh, not even buddy cop. Uh, what's it called? A point break. Uh, yeah, they watch all the undercover all stuff. the big action movies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like Bad the Boys too. that's like the fruition moment. And yeah, Bad Boys too. Shit just got real. But that's like, like the fruition moment of their relationship, I'd say, because it starts in the very beginning uh, <laughs> after. Nick arrests all the kids. Yeah, uh, Danny's Danny's stumbling down the street, he's and he's like, in public, like he's pissing in public, and then he's trying to fit his car key into a car, and it's not his car. And he's like, "You're not planning on driving tonight, were you?" He's like, he's just "Like he's jabbing the car." So when he locks him in to the brig, um, in the ne- the next morning. They let him out, and he's getting dressed in his police uniform. Bro, he's walking around eating ice cream. Yeah, like, he's just like he's just hanging out, <laughs> like he wasn't just drunk. His dad just let him in the drunk tank that morning. I mean, when you when you're in a small town, your dad's the chief. It's like you do what you want to do, you know. Yeah. What I mean? 
Oh, <laughs> but they because of that. Uh, once they get made partners, like it's a very prickly relationship, I'd say, because mm-hmm. it's one person who's completely so dedicated to the craft of like. My art. This is. I'm a police officer. You don't the watch best TV. In the world. You don't do nothing except yeah, yeah. police work. I like, water this plant and I come home and do this. That's the only affection he gets or gives is that plant. And I mean, he had. He has like. Um, we skipped over this, but at the beginning, he has a I girlfriend that's that. in CSI or their version of <laughs> criminal scene investigations. And just to break off from Danny and Nick's relationship, that's one of the best scenes early. <laughs> yeah. Is. He shows up to a crime scene investigation. Everybody's all in white, like yeah. hazmat suits. And he's trying, like, oh, Denise. It's like, I'm not Denise. She's over there. Yeah. Goes up to the next guy. Hey, Denise. It's like, no, over there. And then she goes, I'm seeing so-and-so. And the guy walks up and goes, hello. Hello. Like, like, he still has his mask on. It's like, oh. And what's funny about it is when Nicholas Angel arrives in his scene, he says something like, he goes, you know that window was broken from the inside and not the outside. And like, and all really the investigators turned and look. I was just like, fuck. Because <laughs> he's such a good cop. And the point was, his girlfriend was saying, you don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. You Like, you can't have a personal life. That's why I don't want to be... It's like, the only thing you're close with is me and that fucking plant you carry around. So it's like... And then she proved her point when he solved the case pretty much right in front of everybody. Or knows that clue. So yeah. Like, the window's broken from the inside, not the outside. Like... And everyone just stops what they're doing. Look. Yeah, they just stop and look up. <laughs> but yeah, he has the plant, and that's really the only thing that he has. Um, we want there's a great little montage of him leaving the city to go to the countryside, train to train, and from train to train. It's raining, like a little flash yeah. of him at the station, then a flash of him on the train, then a flash of him at the next station. Very Edgar Wrightish, though the editing isn't as like smash and cut. As his usually was back then. But the pacing, I would say, is... Definitely. It definitely has, like, you know, when they're reloading and shit like that. But it's that. more of a, uh, a somber version. Like It's like a sleepy, kind of like, I've been traveling, kind of. It's more subdued. Like, it shows him, like, at a train station, you just see nothing but green grass and then pitch black because it's night and then it's raining and he's got his plant. And you just see the fluorescent lighting and he's just waiting for his next train. It like, really is like a... Like I've been a, traveling a, all night kind of vibe. Exactly, like, like it's a pure montage, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, but it's a great moment, especially the, because it gets more country as it goes, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et but I think it's the Moors. I don't know, like to any UK viewers, or, I, I I don't know the way it looks like. It looks like the Moors, like just grassy green fields, and you got a village, and then you got another village. Yeah, but they never really specify just. It's the countryside. It's God's country. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Up on the bluff. Yeah. Um, but Nick and Danny, despite their challenges, I guess you could say, like Nick actually does take an interest in him. Like he tries yeah. to teach him how to become an actual cop. Mm-hmm. At first, like he's like, no, we don't do that. We do this. Like, no, you know, you can't just do that. Mm-hmm. You got to do it this way. So it's kind of like a clash of cultures almost. It is. It's Nicholas Angel has the love for the actual profession of being a cop. Right. Whereas Danny Butterman, he's got the love for all the fictional pop culture. The, fascinous, the fantastic mm-hmm. parts. And what's beautiful is that like Nicholas Angel, he doesn't know anything about the pop culture aspect of being a cop. Right. He's and, so used to doing it. And when Danny does show him it, they... Like, he does learn to love it. Like That's true. Because, like, and, and not to jump too far ahead, but, like, 
when shit's going down at the end, they're both like giving each other like catchphrases, like yeah, and tossing guns to each other, like all right, like yeah, they act like they're action stuff. All the ideas they come up with <laughs> of like how to defeat the villains and all, it's like oh, this is straight out of. Mm-hmm. If there's even a there's even a point break moment where Danny has to shoot somebody he cares about, yeah, and he turns over and Fires shoots him the there. It's like ah okay. But when they when they first partner up, Danny asks, him, "Do you ever shoot your gun up in there?" And go ah. He goes, "No, I've never shot my gun up in <laughs> yeah, there." Yeah, he has like a long <laughs> he has like a long laundry list of questions. It's like, have you ever jumped out a window firing two guns at once? It's like, no, I haven't. And I love it. That's all stuff that they end up doing yeah. by the end of the movie. It's like everything, every cliche. Uh, they get wasted and just have a movie marathon and like man they wake up right when like in bad boys 2 where martin lawrence is like answering the phone and it's the same like spinning shot under the chin spinning shot and it goes shit just got real like michael bay shot (laughs) which they did copy in bad boys yes they did uh, three we'll talk about that um yeah man Uh, something about hot fuzz like it has Obviously, it has all the cop elements. You know, that's the big thing of it. It has all the movie cop elements. They end up using all the tropes, basically. Mm-hmm. But it really is kind of, at its heart, like a continuation of that friendship-type message Yeah, from Shaun of the Dead. Like, it carries over so strong between... Alt-reality. Yeah. Like, between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, specifically, but also between mm-hmm. Nicholas and Danny. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a real friendship that they grow to mm-hmm. after... He's dead annoyed with him, mm-hmm. and then he he, uh, he leaves his Nick. Uh, excuse me, Danny leaves his job at the at the. What was it? They were at the church of the raffle, the church raffle, and he gets the big monkey. <laughs> he gets, he's at he's at a shooting station. Yeah, it, and fuck, I forgot. Uh, yeah, and. Nick basically takes the little pellet gun. He hasn't <laughs> held a gun in years. And he just annihilates. And he just annihilates all the targets. And he wins this giant stuffed monkey. And he gives it to... Uh, he gives it da- to Danny. And but It's like a nice little moment. And like, you touch up what happened in the beginning. Like, they get in a little bit of an argument. And it's raining. And he's holding his big monkey. He's wearing his raincoat. And he straight up tells Nicholas. Because you don't know how to turn off. Yeah. And then he runs away. and It's that reinforcing of mm. the truth that Nick refuses to yeah. believe or understand. It's like, dude, you don't know how to be social. You're... Yeah, you just, you can't be an actual person. Yeah, you can't, like, go out socially with us and then look to arrest people who are, like, doing minor infractions. You know, like, we can't go out to a bar or a pub, as they would call it, have yes. some fish and chips and shit and all that. And then, like, see some guy jaywalking around. You know, it's just... And you're trying to go arrest? Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Someone's got to give. Quit being such a fucking nerd and, like, let's hang out and let's be and, dudes. Yeah, and I think that over the course of, like, him investigating the crimes... I mean, we could go on forever about this movie. There's such a cast of characters. Yeah. Like, all the different police officers. The a lot two, of... The two homicide detectives. Honestly, a lot of... And those two homicide detectives have, like, grown to be, like, pretty, like, well-known actors... One yeah. of them um, was the priest in um, Peaky Blinders, the Irish priest yeah, that's villain. Right. And then the other guy, um, he was also one of the TV, um, the appliance store workers that worked with Sean and Sean. Yeah, they were both in. They were both in the first one. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, a lot, and uh, the lady from The Favorite who played uh, the Queen, and yeah. all, a lot of just accomplished actors from the police field. Um, uh, but I think that. It's such a great cat. Like, over the course of 
all the murders that are, excuse me, the accidents that are mm-hmm. happening in the town. You know, this guy running off the road and him and his mistress getting their heads chopped off. <laughs> uh, the lady getting stabbed with her own shears <laughs> through the neck. The, the <laughs> human statue that hangs out by the fountain. <laughs> the human statue painted silver. <laughs> he's, a, he's a menace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up hanging himself. Um, uh, over the course of all that, like it, it's like a dual rubbing off in a way between Nick and the police force. Yeah. Like as much as he rubs off on them to get them to actually start doing police work, mm. they also rub off on him where he like starts to not take shit. So, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. he starts to be a little more laid back mm-hmm. by the time the end of the movie rolls around because they kind of adopted each other's ways. And the cool thing is we see Nick Frost's character Danny who's watched like, he's always been oblivious and whatever, but when he's got a guy like Nicholas telling him these things and all this, then he starts looking back at all the conspiracies from the movies he's right. watched. And, like, pieces so, it all together. So it's like, he's only piecing it together because he's watched a ton of dirty cop movies. Mm-hmm. And and he has an experienced cop to, like, coach him through it. So he's like, oh, no. Right. Once, like, I can, once I can finally start connecting these pieces, I don't like the puzzle. Like, like, yeah, like, I don't I don't want to realize this. Like, <laughs> my dad's a part of an evil cabal. Yeah, of, like, that, that does bring us to the big reveal that happens. Isn't that all of the... Council member, all the upstanding c- citizens of this little town, they all uh, get together and wear hoods and decide which person to kill because that Greater person, food. that person's making their village uh, too run down or too dangerous or just uh, giving it a bad name, you know. And not even just that; it's risking their chances of winning best village and all. That's England. right. Like, That's right. And it's, it's not even. All, I don't even know if it's all in England. I think it's all in just a region or some sort. Of, it's definitely like the. Like I said, like I'm not sure if it's yeah, the course, Moors or whatever region it's in, but it's definitely a best village contest, and that's really all people, it's about. It's a people pageant. That would, people that would keep them from winning the best village. What was that fake documentary movie with uh, Kirsten Dunst, Drop Dead Gorgeous, about the beauty? Oh, pad? that's right. And I think uh, I Rosie O'Donnell was in it, and like basically they're just murdering the competition, the beauty pageant. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's what this movie kind of reminds me of, except it's not documentary. It's it's literally they're murdering people who risk their chances of getting the best village competition it's award. Like a silver, a silver guy that stands on the corner and pretends it, to be a statue. It's just some, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's endangering you guys. He could take off the paint, you know? Yeah, and really the only, one of the few people that they gave approval of, of Officer Nicholas of going out of his way to arrest was... The kid who was shoplifting in the grocery store when he was questioning, oh, um, that's right, uh, Timothy Dalton. Like, and then he chases the kid to a field, and like a quarterback just throws the uh, uh, can. Oh, and it plumps him right on the head. Yep. <laughs> that was the only time they actually commemorated. Like, oh, good job getting man. that hooligan. That because you know, it was one of those guys, spray painter you know? kids, the graffiti artist. Oh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't mentioned the goose. Oh yeah, the goose. <laughs> um, but also Infamous goose. The big, as he finds out this secret and starts piecing it together, uh, one of the big set pieces is the grocery store, mm. which we'd be remiss to not mention. Yarp. Yarp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, in, the hound. in Simon Skinner's grocery store, uh, that's basically one of the base of operations of the town. They have a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. But there's an assault on the grocery store mm-hmm. to go and get the guys. 
And uh, I believe they have Danny hostage. Isn't that what it was? No, Danny's doing the assault with... Oh, that's right. That's right. Why were they assaulting that? Because Skinner was a... Uh, I don't... Oh, they were trying to arrest Simon Skinner. Yeah, and that. and Skinner has two... And I think these both of these guys played zombies in Shaun of the Dead. The uh, um, Butchers. The, the Butchers, they're twins. Yeah, and not only were they not uh, Butchers, but the the glass that shields the meat where they had the meat on the side. Oh, yeah, it's bulletproof. all bulletproof, yeah. Yeah, and they're shooting like... And they're, so they're popping up over the counter and throwing, throwing, knives, throwing like, meat cleavers and, and knives. I, I'm, I'm almost certain those guys played zombies in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I would imagine. Like, I think that they had like piercing blue eyes, and I'm pretty sure mm. that was the, the same guys I'm thinking of. But uh, it's a whole scene of, you know, they're hiding behind jars of spaghetti sauce and shit. <laughs> and, like, Jar gets shot and blasts all over him. He's like, ah, I've been hit! He's like, oh, it's marinara sauce. There was one part where, like... Um, uh, Simon Pegg, Nicholas Angel, like takes out a few guys, and he tells Nick Frost, I, th- "I knocked a bunch of guys out in like a cooler." You know, I told him, "He's like, would you help me?" Goes, I told him to chill out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, classic!" <laughs> they were telling each other the action they're, hero catchphrases. They're going back and forth. <laughs> um, then by the end of it, of course, they've kind of fought back everybody, uh, but Danny gets caught by his own father. Yeah. He was a member of the council. He's one of the he's the father little person in the movie The Borrowers. Oh, that's right. So last time I'm gonna help you, Bean. Wow. Human Bean. <laughs> I feel like I'm having an aneurysm. I haven't thought about the borrowers in literally twenty years. He's the dad with the red curly hair, puffy curly hair. I always he's thought about the dad him as a, he's um Professor uh, <laughs> Slorn, Slughorn in ah, Harry Potter. That's right, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and he's a, he's actually a very famous British actor. He's in a bunch he's, of shit. He's very talented. Uh, yeah. Um, he takes Danny hostage, and Danny kind of has this whole reveal of like, oh, you know, ever since mom died, you've been like this blah, blah, blah guy. You know, fatherly love type thing. Um, his dad, they get away. You know, his dad's a whole chase. His dad's got... A weird affinity for old Wild West stuff, because like his yeah. dad does hold him hostage, but his dad, when he escapes, he takes out his two like six shooter revolvers and shoots the chandelier. Yeah, and, and then he like runs out like a cowboy, kind of. And, and then, yeah, there's a high speed chase. And there is a high speed chase uh, with Skinner. Kind of high speed, low speed, I guess. Yeah, you with say. those tiny ass little European. Yeah, cars. with tiny like, little tiny little country cars. Uh, but as Simon Skinner is running away from Nick in the car, who else would be in the back of the car but the goose? Uh, we mentioned him earlier. Oh, no, no, no. Skinner, the goose is in the back seat. Of Skinner's of, car. Of Inspector Butterman, uh, Butterman's car. Like, Oh, that's right. Skinner, Butterman runs away. Skinner and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have the fight in the mini replica of the town. Yeah, that's right. And then while... Um, Danny's dad's getting away in the cop car. The goose comes up. And, and then he him. crashes right. into a tree. Right. Like, <laughs> um, so as they're fighting with Simon Skinner, who ended up not even being a red herring, he actually murdered quite a few people. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he, he did quite his fair mon- share. Even, the, even the one, wasn't the one lady his cousin or somebody? His sister-in-law or second cousin? Something like that. The lady that, the lady that was the florist, he stabs her through the neck with her shears. At the very least. But it was like his second cousin or some shit like that. Maybe. At the very least, he's known her... F- isn't yeah, it's a small town. Like Absolutely. The, so, um, but he's as he's fighting with Nick, he slips on a car, 
and he lands right in, on the miniature replica of the church steeple, and he goes through the bottom of it. It just ju- pierces his jaw. Oh, it's the worst, worst injury, because every Oof. time I think about it, I'm just like, hey, hey. But it pierces through his the and bottom half of his jaw there. up, and it like almost touches the roof of his mouth. Yeah. And, and he's he like, oh, he needs ice cream. this really hurts. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I bet I it does. I need ice cream. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, we get a nice little epilogue at the end where Nick stays in the town. Mm-hmm. He does not request out like he was going to. Because the town has a lot more work than he thought it needed. Absolutely. And especially now without some weird council killing people off. He can weave out all the scum that Exactly. Lived. And um, he actually, I believe he becomes the chief of police, the new chief of police there. Mm, yeah, um, probably. Since, since the dad goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said earlier, like everybody rubbed off on him as much as he rubbed off on everybody else. Yeah. Like by the end, they're doing actual. They realize work. he's the real deal. Yeah, they're actually going out and doing their jobs, mm-hmm. watching the town, et cetera, et cetera. And he's actually laid back enough to. One honorable mention I would like to point out is who's the 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 squib janitor in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, uh, Argus Filch. Yeah, the actor I cannot remember. But his he's name. in the movie, and he's a he farm, is. and he's got literally a, a shed sh- arsenal, and he full he, of weapons. He literally talks like the Cajun dude in Waterboy. You don't yeah. understand a word he says. <laughs> and a great little moment is where they have to translate yeah. between the three of them. And he's got some weird aquatic World War One. He like, has a sea mine. Water, a sea mine in there. One of the spiny sea mines, like from fucking Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> you can't understand the fucking word he says. Oh, like no. that's just one thing I just wanted to mention because hey, no, hilarious. it's a very. I was gonna bring up the sea mine as well because uh, as they have, they go to his house because it, they got a call that he ran someone off his lawn with a gun, mm-hmm. and he's not allowed to have a gun because this is England, of course. I uh, think you can have a gun, but it's like. Sp- you need some special license. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. In England, it's very... But like, the you have arsenal to jump, he You have had. to jump through various hoops in the England. The arsenal of this fucking Yeah, guy. so <laughs> as, they go, as they go to take away his gun, he, they like, oh, you know, we came to take a gun. He's like, which gun? <laughs> and then he shows in the shed, and it's just full of guns. <laughs> and then the sea mine is just sitting there. And as they're taking out all the guns, the sea mine gets tripped. He's and it fa- it, it leans over one oh, little yeah. thing, and the peg pushes in like it's going to explode, <laughs> and it starts ticking, 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 and nothing happens. <laughs> and it's just like, ooh. So they move all the shit to evidence at the police headquarters, and then way later on, actually, wasn't that the dad? No, it wasn't the dad. What was weird is when they no, I'm saw- saying Danny's dad is the guy that nope. blew up. Nope. At the end, when they thought everybody that was scummy was arrested and all was good. They totally forgot they had that old timer ah, in the security room. That's right. The it, one that watched the cameras. They in literally town. just forgot about him and then he just came out of his little weird little security closet. To try and like, defeat them. Yeah. And see mine got him. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> That's the worst way to go. That might be the most metal way to go out there. Yeah. A World War One Sea Mine takes me out. You just take the butt of your gun and just and just hit it like Oh boy. <laughs> um but that's hot fuzz for you yeah yeah it's 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 one of those movies you can kind of throw on i'm actually just like Shaun of the dead and i'm kind of tempted to watch it again after i am too it. honestly um but just like Shaun of the dead you can throw it on and no matter what point you start watching it at it's like a, it's a good point yeah 
Like you start watching it at the very end when everybody's revealed and you know you, there's just the chase left with the goose and everything. It's like that still is like a great part. And that's really a big testament to Edgar Wright how he writes characters because like one scene they're questioning a person in the village that runs a convenience store like just run the cash register and they got this cheery chipper you know countryside english way about the everybody's got their weird quirk about them it's kind of like a fargo movie a little bit every character is an actual character yeah and and it's not just focusing on the main like we're seeing like you know, Nicholas and Danny do police work and question yeah. people, go to one business to the next and the florist, the grocery store, the, all of this, like, I love it. Like it's, it really helps build the world as well, especially mm. because the location is so small and so limited. You build out that the world and the location by expanding the characters as mm-hmm. much as you can. You know Definitely. what I mean? Like you, if every little character from the florist to the grocery store attendant, Yarp. Yarp. If everybody, Hound, by the way. Yeah, it's this giant man, uh, mentally challenged man that works for the grocery store, <laughs> Simon Skinner. Um, but, like, that character alone, he doesn't say but two words in the entire, and actually one word in the entire film. Somebody impersonates him and says a different word. Yep. But with one, with saying one word, you get enough about his character. It's like, oh, man, I actually know how this guy's daily life would be. That dude is a character straight out of Get Out. Like that Absolutely. Is Yarp, like he is straight up a dude who's had his brain swapped with some bullshit. Like, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. Later on, uh, when he and Nicholas Angel are fighting, Nicholas Angel uses like a baby toy to distract him. Yeah, uh, and he's like, ooh. He's like a uh, sloth from the Goonies. Literally. Like, hey, you guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz was... I'm going to watch this movie again, goddamn. Yeah, I might watch it this weekend, actually. Um, interesting title. Uh, I remember when I first wanted to watch it, I got a little flack for it when I was a kid because I was like, "What? What is that?" Um, but I mean, it's not. Shot of the Dead wasn't so much of a household name yet. Like, yeah, like I had never seen it in theaters. I had to go to Blockbuster to get it. And them. also, I think uh, Simon Pegg looks vastly different in this too. Oh yeah. So that that does contribute to it because I think. I shot it. Sam Peck had a little bit of a casual guy beer belly, because he was. Just, oh yeah, and was, I mean he had different hair color. He had a goatee. Mm-hmm. And this one he's like platinum blonde almost. Yeah, and he's, he's actually, a fit like cop yeah. and all that. Like he was literally like England's equivalent to like a Best Buy salesman. Know. He's like he's an actor. The guy can act. Thespian. He can. He can do serious. And he can great. write too, man. Yeah, he can. Um, that I think that's one of the under. He wrote most of the newest, the last Star Trek movie. He wrote all of that. Yeah, yeah, Star Trek three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the the perfect combination of the three of Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, and Simon Pegg can't be understated. Because I mean, we have a movie like Paul, for instance, which is just Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. No Edgar Wright, and it doesn't. Quite hit the same mark. Paul is a good time, though. It's a good time. Don't I get me really wrong. Do enjoy and that. I especially like if you, especially if you it, like Seth Green uh, or excuse me, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, a, it's Kristen a good Wig. Movie. Yeah, on, definitely. Speak. It's a good little movie. Sigourney Weaver. But it even the world's end, which is we can 
I'm sure we can agree, the lesser of the three. I would say so, yeah. Even though I um, love Bones Ed. I think that movie's a better movie than Paul is, just because it's... I think Edgar Wright puts it together so perfectly. Okay. He's yeah. that missing ingredient for the three of them. At World's In reminds me a lot of... I mean, and they're both English, both British, whatever you want to call it. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, with the alien and everything. Especially with the end with Simon Pegg going, we're humans and we don't like being told what to do. Yeah. You know, and just like the whole narration and all, like, that really feels a lot. Very like, reminiscent. Of Hitchhiker's Guide. Just of, like, humor. And yeah, that. for sure. Uh, I want to say... I wonder if Edgar Wright had anything to do with Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide, I know, is like an old trippy novel. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying for the film development, Maybe. I wonder if he wrote a draft. I wouldn't be, su- I wouldn't be surprised. Or something similar. Because, I mean, shit, that happens a lot. You know, Edgar Wright wrote the first Ant-Man draft. Mm-hmm. First two, actually. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. But I, but I think that him, he, like the three of them together... Awesome. It's just, it's a hit every time. And I hope they, I mean, I, I think I saw a rumor somewhere that they do have something in the pipeworks all together. The three of them are doing something. Something new. I, I vaguely remember hearing that as well. Edgar Wright, I know, says he wants to, like, maybe still work on Baby Driver 2. And then, from the rumors, it's rumors, he wants to continue, like, working on Baby Driver 2. And then, after that, like, whatever his project with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Right. Gonna, like, get off, get on board. I mean... He can it's do whatever he wants after idea. Baby Driver 1. Yeah. I mean, Whether or not however people feel about it, like, a lot of people liked it, and it's opened a lot of doors for Edgar Wright. Baby well, Driver I feel 2. like Baby Driver 1 was his, uh, let me do what I want. You know, because he had been True. trying to get that made forever. But but especially since that was a success. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. it's encapsulated even more. What was the one right before Baby Driver? Well, then, I think. What did he do before Baby Driver? Oh, no, it was Ant-Man. But been, Ant- he had been working on Ant-Man. Yeah, but... And know, it was taken away from him, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, there's a gap between Scott Pilgrim and World's End. Mm. And then Baby Driver. He mm. didn't do anything after World's End. Mm. Yeah. Except for try to make Ant-Man work. Which, I guess, like, he kind of succeeded in a way. Yeah, well... Mm. Giant Man, at least. <laughs> but, man... That is going to be it. What do you think, uh, buddy cop wise? Where do you think top hot fuzz ranks? Top ten buddy cop movies? Top five? Uh, I know. I hate. It. I always ask you the ranking questions. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's not actually tough because then you're asking me to like compare it to like for, you know, weapon, forty-eight hours. And, and, yeah, *Lethal Weapon*, forty-eight hours. *Die Hard*. Well, *Die Hard* is not buddy cop, but it's that's a really tough. *Turner and Hooch*. <laughs> *Turner and Hooch*. Ah, uh, oof. I mean, Bad Boys, too. Like I mean, Yeah, honestly, Bad Boys. So, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I can give you an answer right now. I would say it's, okay. it's definitely um, a classic. I yeah, would, definitely. Um, but where it's going to sit, I, I don't know. I can't. But it's one worth watching. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. It's one of the best comedies of the 2000s. It's classic. It's classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it holds up really well, too. Like, there are a lot of movies, especially from that, like, 2005 to 2010, like that five-year range. A lot of movies back then, like 300. Uh, and a couple others just like do not hold up. Mm-hmm. But this one is like, oh. It's like it's it's just like watching it today. You could, It's a believable enough story that this shit could happen tomorrow. Definitely. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's, that's two men's thoughts about it. Yeah. 
So, you know, if you don't like him, uh, why'd you sit here and listen to me? Yeah, what are you going to do? You already listened. Oh, jeez. I already have the space in your brain. Yeah, we already took minutes out of your life. Oh, you going to email us? Oh, jeez, I'm real scared. You're not going to email us. <laughs> Come on. I know you. You're not going <laughs> to. But we're going to take a little six to five to six second interlude. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the third Bad Boys film for just a bit. And just then that'll be it. That'll be all. Be right back. A cool little interlude had like some notes and uh some spaces there little tidbits <laughs> well you know but welcome on back uh we're going to talk about the will smith and martin lawrence trilogy they're probably gonna do a fourth one so they definitely not. are doing a fourth movie well i don't know it depends on budget there is it's in production and like it's already like done pretty good in its first spot we can off box office says will smith even now can greenlit anything. <laughs> he can greenlit any any project. Oh, you would like to do After Earth too, Mr. Smith? Sure. Yeah, no one wants to do that Shemalama ding dong bullshit. Like no he one. has the pull for it though. He could, but even Will Smith don't want to do. He pulled After Martin Earth. Lawrence out of retirement. <laughs> I don't know if that was Martin Lawrence so much that was like the studios constantly like. You know, beating a dead horse trying to make a bad boys movie. That's why I kind of think it was. Well, I'm just saying Martin Lawrence hasn't been in any movies in a while. And this is the first one, so. But uh, Bad Boys for Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, released in 2020, which is a very strange thing to say. Because the first Bad Boys movie was in 1999, 2000? I think, I think no, the first Bad Boys movie I think was 95, 96. The was sec- it really? The second one was 2002, 2003. And, I think you're right. Like and 2003, then, 2004, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right around close was, to when Spider-Man it, 2 it came out. It was Chappelle out. Show days. I remember that. Spider-Man 2 was out, I think, roughly around the same time Bad Boys 2 came out. If yeah, I that's remember right. correctly. And then now, like, 2020, we got Bad Boys 3. Three decades. Spanning three decades. I was a little boy when I saw the first one, and I was a little kid again when I saw the second one, and I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is your second time seeing it, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'll ask you first, then. What did you think of Bad Boys for Life? Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised, okay. Yeah, because, like, I watched a lot of the trailers, and the trailers are just kind of goofy, and it's just like, yeah. they're, they're old and all that, and just... They were really playing up that. They were showing, uh, not only that, but they were showing a lot of the good action sequences and stuff. And um, it wasn't until you actually watched the movie and realized the plot and um, the dynamic between Marcus and Mike this time around and how things are kind of changing. Um, that I, And not only that, but like the gratuitous violence from the villains. Like how vicious yeah. the villains were this time around. I was like... First ten minutes, I was like, All right, "Whoa, okay, mm. like now you got me." Gore, like you're slitting dude's throat. Okay, like yeah, it got really, it got real bloody in there. Yeah, it did. It, it, especially like not to spoil anything, but like a certain escape sequence is fucking horrific. Like it's mm. terrifying. Like, <laughs> uh, I liked it. I liked it too. Um. Maybe not pleasantly surprised, mm, but I was okay. surprised. I just um, I expected way less. I expected them to really not like it at all. 
That's why I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, It's a little above my expectations, Mm. I'll say. Like I, I I love the first I I, I like the first one I love the second the one the second one's a masterpiece uh, yeah the second one is just so gratuitous the and just ridiculous <laughs> but it it has like great pacing uh, it has like a really good it's actually like a very long movie it's like it is it's very like two long. minutes and twenty minutes two two hours and twenty minutes mm. or something like that um but it's just it it breeds so well like the villains are really well established and everything. Um, coming out of this one, I think you said it was worthy sequel. Yeah, I think so. Or uh, like a uh, yeah, you said it was a worthy sequel to Bad Boys, and I said it was a worthy Bad Boys movie. But I don't know if it was a good sequel. So I just just that that was just my first opinion coming off of it. But I liked it a lot. Um, I didn't mind the newer cast. I think that's that's always I think a coin was toss. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think they were cool. Um. Yeah, ammo is the name of a a it's, smaller intermilitary group. It's what is it? Auto. Um, something state of the art cops. That's something metro. Something Miami Metropolitan Operations. Yeah, some shit armed like Miami Metropolitan Operations. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, cops have to name shit after acronyms. Otherwise, they would never remember shit. <laughs> They're too busy killing people. <laughs> um. <laughs> But it's a younger crew, um, featuring Vanessa Hudgens, uh, the young actor from the Viking show. Yeah, he plays Beer and Ironside. I'll look his name up. He's a Canadian actor. You know, it's one of those names. No, okay. No, he has a pretty, Um, like... And then there's also uh, a head, the head of ammo, I guess you would call her a sergeant, lieutenant is what they call her, I believe. Mm. Rita. Rita, and she's believed to have or established to have some sort of relationship with Mike. His name's uh, Alexander Ludwig. Alexander Ludwig. Um, big motherfucker. Yeah, he is. Like, he was standing next to Will Smith in one scene, and I was like, holy he shit. He's like 6'6 six, six or something. Will seven, Smith is six. at his shoulders? Mm. I was like, all right. That's a little crazy, but... That's why, like, my first time around, I was telling you, like, it was disappointing me that they were keeping him as some, like, computer nerd. Yeah. But I was like, this dude's got so much action giant, experience. Like, like this giant guy sitting at a computer desk. But like, it is in service of a story point, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, that's why it made me feel better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was just... Uh, it was really emotional, I noticed. Yeah, it was. Um, for... I mean, it is the third movie. Martin Lawrence is getting older. I don't... I, I think if they do a sequel, he probably won't be back. But I could imagine Will Smith. I think will be he back. will, but just like this one, he'll like take more of a backseat. And in this one, he took a hell of a backseat role. I, I will say this though, like I've seen recent photos of him, and it wasn't like photos were like, look who lost weight or whatever. Right. It was just a photo of him, and he actually looks like he's lost a considerable amount of weight. Yeah, he is. He is getting. He's getting back into. Sh- yeah, I feel I, like he was out of the public eye for so long mm-hmm. that you know he was just like, all right, whatever. But now that he's going to press runs and. He's standing next to Will again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think it's... I think now that they're making... If Zary said the early pre-production of a fourth movie is in the works. Oh, boy. Um, and that's... I, I mean, I, and I've seen Martin Lawrence in, like, public photos, like, from, like, a week or so ago. And he's lost a lot of he's weight. He's looking good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think he's getting ready. But, I mean, I, I like that they... They folded, like you said. They changed in Mike and Marcus' dynamic from the previous two movies. They folded in his... Uh, out of shapeness, he's yeah. you know he's trying to retire. He's trying to take care of his family. He's had a grandchild, mm-hmm. um, and that was also a cool little moment with yeah. uh, 
the father of his grandchild is the <laughs> same kid from <laughs> Bad Boys 2. And the way they have him deliver his lines, like, he's, like, some dope, like, yeah, he's just, hello, sir. Like, <laughs> yeah, he still talks like he's just, like, this guy. Uh, I think that was, a, that was a really cool thing. They brought back all the actors, like, the mom, everybody. Michael Bay, the true father of yeah, the trilogy. Yeah, Michael, Michael Bay was gave a speech at, at the, the wedding. wedding. <laughs> like, oh, God. I was like, I rolled my eyes. I was like, it's only fair. Like, yeah. This is, like, it's my, it's that's his, his baby. child. Like, this this is tragedy. actually the... He's the actual creator, If we want to talk about... I believe so, yeah. He's one of the... Him and Jerry Bruckheimer. Jerry mm. Bruckheimer was the powerhouse producer mm. that kind of got it all together. Um, Which I believe he also... Did he have a story credit? I want to say... No, he had a production credit, though. Mm. Um, but I want to say he also did uh, Roland Emmerich Independence Day. Ah. Which would make sense because it would have coincided with Will Smith's mm. blowing up. Yeah. With the back-to-back of Independence Day and Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. That's a masterpiece right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of career work, I mean. Mm. But um, everybody was in this from the older movies. I think they... They stayed true to the older movies. Like, I mean, it's it feels really safe. It's just like, that. oh, it's action movie and whatever. But they did kind of like treat it as a bad boys movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it was way more emotional than I was expecting it to be. As I was saying, like where it's kind of lacking in some of the action scenes, like we're getting some deep like character moments. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I was fifty fifty on it. I think the second one does that really well. Mm. Um, but they use like. Ecstasy as a catalyst, yeah. or you know, they use other discussions. This one's using age. Yeah, this one is just like a direct, like, oh, I'm getting old, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to help me do this. Um, but aside from that, nothing really bothered me. I like the action scenes a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, not too many extended ones, except for chase scenes. Like the chase scenes were probably the longest action scenes in this. Yeah. But, like, the, the gunfights and stuff like that, it was, for the most part, like, two or three minutes. This movie is a lot more covert, um, you know, with, yeah. like, tech, using tech and all, like, it's the future. Oh, yeah, the, when they have an entire ammo. scene about infiltrating a place with a drone mm-hmm. uh, that Ammo has. Yeah. Ammo, the organization. And thermal cameras and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, it it kind of bridges the gap to what I imagine will be the fourth movie. Of like, oh, you got you old guys don't know technology. I don't need technology, and you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. that struggle. It's basically John Henry building the railroad versus a machine. That's yeah. what like I guess the next movie will be. Pretty much, mm-hmm. and now that um, they do introduce, uh, so I guess this will be that they uh, villains. Um, I, with two movies, but still, I guess you could say before the age of trilogies and remakes and all that other stuff, Bad Boys had a great villain streak. Yeah. Like, they were two for two on really good villains. Um, mm-hmm. The first movie has the uh, kind of a Hans Gruber type, yeah. uh, less put together Hans Gruber type. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminded me of, um, uh, what's that Jet Li movie? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Kiss of the... Uh, Romeo Must Die? Not that one. Kiss of the Dragon? Kiss of the Dragon. With the girl that's like desperate and her that daughter. Her, yeah, it is. With the, like her daughters the, with the European guys. Yeah, like, he puts the pin in the back of the dude's neck. Yeah. Isn't that Kiss of that Dragon? Mm. Listen, guys, if you haven't you seen... You don't even know. If you haven't seen you Kiss of the know. Dragon, that's, the, movie, that's the one to watch. Uh, but anyways. 
Absolute um, kidless The first Bad Boys movie is like, it's almost like, oh, despicable Miami nightlife. Okay, I get mm. it. And then in the second one, Johnny Tapia, oh boy. Johnny Tapia in his mansion, and he's smuggling pills in the bodies. Scarface. In it, it, I will say the villain in the third one, uh, which is a woman that Mike Lowry has put away before. He killed her husband. And her son breaks her out of jail, and mm-hmm. they're on a vendetta together. Yep. You get Mike Lowry and all the people that wronged them. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel as uh, instrumental mm. as the first two villains, like in the first two movies. Like the second movie does not work without Johnny Tapia. Yeah, like no, all of it falls apart without him. In this one, like the mom that is broken out of prison, I was like, oh, she's just on the phone giving orders. Mm. Like she doesn't really do much. Yeah. Like she does some brujeria, mm-hmm. which that's Spanish magic for you folks that don't know. <laughs> um, but aside from that, she kind of just sits there, tells her son, no, don't kill Mike Lowry yet. No, not yet. I mean, other than the fucked up shit she does at the beginning. Yeah, she we does, won't tell like, you about Yeah, now, she but. does have a prison break that she, she pulls her weight. In mm. breaking out of prison. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I was like, oh, okay. She's very intimidating on the phone, though. Yeah, very, that. very intimidating on the phone. Yeah, she's like... Uh, it's like, yes, ma'am. Like, it's like that's, I'll get right to it. It's like that story from Pulp Fiction where it's, you know, you walk into a bank and hand somebody a phone to rob a bank. Like, that's the lady you want on the other line to give them to give over the money. <laughs> she's scary in English and Spanish. Ooh. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I, I thought the villain was a little lacking. Okay. Uh, not not the, her son, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was like a pit bull. Like he was just like murdering everybody. And his fight choreography, he was yeah, fantastic. Fan. And I wish I would have gotten to see more of it. Maybe I think him against um, Ludwig. Uh, would you say Alexander Ludwig? Alexander Ludwig. The um, Iron Ironside. It would have been cooler to see him against uh, more. Someone his age. How do I, yeah, I was going to say, how do I say this without disrespecting Will Smith? But like a more in the prime of his life type of competitor. And not only that, but like I'm pretty sure Alexander Ludwig towers over the dude yeah, who plays true. as her son. Like That's very true. Alexander Ludwig, he's 6'3 or some insane like height. No, I'm sure he's 6'6 because Will Smith is 6'2. No, I think... Uh, Will Smith is 6'2 and he was way bigger than Will Smith. Oh, actually, same height. Uh, oh, six two, really? Oh, he's older than I thought he was. I thought he was like twenty. Maybe uh, maybe Will Smith is shorter than I imagine. Maybe he might be doing because I because I'm taller than Alexander Ludwig. That's he, not. He really. might be doing a Tom Cruise bit. Oh yeah, standing on Apple boxes. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Also, Alexander Ludwig has like the illusion of being jacked. Yeah, too. he's like, he's he, almost as big as the Rock. Like he's fucking humongous. Ox, like. Um, but um, I liked I liked it for what it was. Yeah. It's definitely a good time at the movies. Um, Martin Lawrence is still funny as hell. Yeah, he fucking is. Um, there were a couple of times where I was like, you know, that line read. Like, can we have another take? Mm. But uh, I think this was the directors who are, uh, they only go by first names in this movie. Um, their director Two, credit is their blank. Brothers. Yeah, it's like blank and blank. I can't remember. I know the second name is Bilal, but I can't remember the first name. But uh, two Arabic directors. Um... I believe, just based I, off the names. Yeah. Um, but their first ever action movie? That's what they said. Um, they did say that uh, on Will Smith's Instagram of all places. <laughs> um, which is a nice, hey man, it's a nice, it's a nice channel if you can get it. But um, 
I think they did well. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of drones in this, uh, shot-wise. Gotta I mean. give it the times. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of shots that they would be like behind Michael and Marcus and, you know, it's Will Smith and Martin Lawrence talking. And then they would just like float back mm-hmm. and like go up to show like the entire skyline of Miami. You gotta show the Miami stuff. Yeah, but it was just like, all right. You gonna do this every time? Look, we're a big metropolis city, like any other city up north. Like, but we're in yeah, Florida. Like a drone, like, a drone would be looking in the window at Mark at Mike, and he's looking out, real contemplative. And then it zooms all the way out from his apartment window, and show, I'm just like, all right, guys, I get it. We're in Miami. There's lots of buildings in Miami. Uh, but it. I think it maybe was missing that Michael Bay touch. It was definitely missing that weird lime green like filter <laughs> the tint, the tint that he has oh. like on his. It was definitely missing that. I'll the give color correct, yeah, yeah. It was and all the ass shots. You know, he loves putting the camera the, below and waist. women with insane cheekbone structures. Like, <laughs> like looks like a Sports Illustrated model. Yeah, where you know none of those women play sports. It's like, I want you to look like you eat a cheeseburger while washing a car. Like that's the and then look go he's throw going it up for. afterwards. Yeah, that's the look he's going yeah, for. Yeah, the Megan Fox look. Yeah, is what they much. call it. Oh, well, he's basically yeah. looking for like a girl in a Checkers commercial. Like, yeah, but I mean it, it and uh, but not even just his his sleaziness or his terrible cinematography or humor or yeah his his baseline humor. Oh, he ruined Tony Shalhoub even more than Men in Black ruined Tony Shalhoub. And that's not different. Man, Black didn't ruin Tony Shalhoub. They that didn't? head getting blown off is hilarious. With the little small head. Yuck, that was yuck, funny. Yuck, yuck. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's funny. Uh, it's better than like. Yeah. It's better than like. Uh, Age is about as well as Tommy Lee Jones' career. <laughs> it's better than what's his Wick Wiki or whatever the fuck his name is. Sam Wiki. Wiki's like mom, like getting high on like. Uh, uh, brownies, pop or the, brownies, and then or the jive speaking transformer toaster. That, yeah, yeah that, I know. And her tackling like people. On okay, the campus okay, playing but, frisbee, but like, just just that's just not funny. Just hear me out. Oh, and also Tony Shalhoub was ruined in Pain and Gain. You can't forget that. Uh, but <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was. What was he ruined in that? When he's he's eat, when he's eating a pickle and they taser him and he spits all over the place in slow motion. <laughs> and let's not talk about. Michael Bay's career. I could I go like on literally game, forever. I, I love Pain and Game, but still. Um, it's the lowest common denominator, as they would say. Right. Uh, I'm just saying. We'll talk about this later. We will talk about it later. <laughs> but um, I think in the right context, and Bad Boys is probably the right context, this movie just needs a little bit of Michael Bay. Hmm. Like, I don't think he was a producer. And maybe that was. What I it, do think he was a producer, if I'm not mistaken. Was he? I mean, because I saw the Bruckheimer product. I saw the Bruckheimer thing. He's definitely involved. He gave some sort of like weird James Cameron blessing. I thought. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm I'm saying like he probably didn't have any kind of like effects approval or script approval or you know mm-hmm. actual decision making. Producers: Will Smith, Jerry Bruckheimer, and Doug Belgrad. Yeah, that fucking guy is. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. He's just. An actor. So yeah, so he just has a, a slight cameo. So maybe that's what's missing, is that, that kind of bayism, you know, let's blow some shit up. Not too much shit blew up in this. There were moments where I was like, there was a moment, uh, of course it's a cop movie, you guys, so there's one moment where they're meeting in the warehouse, and mm. it's a gang versus another gang. And the directors make a very specific choice of showing you this big-ass group of barrels 
It's like, oh, these big-ass group of barrels between these two guys in this warehouse. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've seen the Michael Bay movie. I, you know, I've seen Bad Boys. And then when they shoot it, it's like, oh, it's purple smoke. Which, hey, hey, you know. It made a cool shot. He's sliding through. Hey, there's still risks there. You know, you breathe that shit and you're going to get the cancer. Yeah, very, very much. I've done some powder coating before. You know, you don't breathe that stuff in. It's made of asbestos, kid. Yeah. You're going to get the cancer. Um, It's going to have a bad time. But it was, I mean, I guess that counts as a subversion in a way. But I was like, oh. I was looking it's forward. It's risky in the long run. I want like, I want to. I want shit to blow up. <laughs> like that's what I'm coming to Bad Boys for. <laughs> but no, man. I, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on it. But yeah, I, for sure. But because I, I liked it, I liked the ammo kids a lot more than I did thought I was going to. Um, I liked Rita. I the, feel like they're a welcome addition to the team. Yeah, and I think that that always, especially with older movies, that's always like a. A coin toss of like, eh, is it going to work? Introducing mm. like a new cast into this old thing. But the interplay is good between um, especially Mike Lowry and the group. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like a little solo mission with Vanessa Hudgens, who's like the, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, she's like a battle maiden, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So especially the way she wears her hair is definitely yeah. like a battle maiden. Um, he has a nice interplay with uh, Alex Lud- Alexander Ludwig, his character, who is the IT guy, they have a nice little moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other kid, he fucked his mom. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith banged his mom, apparently. I mean, listen, Will Smith probably banged a lot of moms. Hey, you know what? If I heard Will Smith bang my mom and there's like a tiny chance he was my dad, I'm not mad about it. I'm just not. No, I mean, he is the Fresh Prince. Would that That's make right. me the Fresh Prince, too? That would make you royalty. Oh, wow. That's right. Walking to Burger King like I own the place. That's right. I do. You are the prince of the BK Lounge. (laughs) I hereby decree this Burger King, the Fresh Prince Lounge. (laughs) Anyways. uh, Yeah, man. What did you think of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence specifically in this? I thought their acting was really good. Martin Lawrence had to do a lot of crying in this movie. He did. He had to do a it's lot like, of crying. Like, at least three, four scenes. It was dude. real emotional, this movie. Yeah, it was. So, it's, um, in regards of acting, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think so, too. I, and I thought their dynamic of them, like, separating even further as they age was realistic. and yeah. I I really like how they address how they're getting older. Like, it makes it... It's meta in a lot of ways where, like... Ugh, uh, we don't talk about this motion picture garbage, but um, Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones, <gasps> where it's like they just don't even, where they just pretend like, you know, Indy isn't. Oh, ancient. yes, I'm 34 year old Indiana Jones. Well, Pay no attention to my 70 year old Harrison Ford body. Yeah, no. Well, here's my son, Mutt. I like where they this addresses it and makes it kind of a focal point. Right. And that's what makes me made me enjoy it even more. And they did uh somewhat address Mike Lowry's mortality. Um he gets bulletproof. Pretty much he gets pretty much shot point blank like six times. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Especially handcrafted bullets. No, doesn't mean anything. He's fine. fine. We skipped to six months later, he's walking, it's no problem. He's in the wheelchair. Yeah, he's six months later. He's in his wheelchair. We see him in the wheelchair exactly once. And he walks for the first time at his fake niece's wedding. Yeah, well, hey, not fake. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean. It's, it's his best friend's it's daughter. It's his best friend's daughter's wedding. They're brothers. I get it. But you know what I mean. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, kids. Uncle Ox is going to get out of his wheelchair now. <laughs> Do I have to? So before I get out, let me just emphasize, I'm not your real uncle. I'm not your uncle. <laughs> Uh, so you should give me extra claps for this shit, because I don't have to do this. Exactly. Read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, it was... I, I feel like the new elements blended, but not seamlessly. Hmm. I feel like in the next movie, they have a better chance to kind of blend more, more better. Yeah, they got kind of the um, works laid out for them, for the most part. Yeah. But it was an entertaining night at the movies. Like, it's definitely a fun action movie. Oh, yeah. Um, if you like the Bad Boys movies, like, a lot, like the first two... There's no reason why you shouldn't like this movie. No, not at all. And you probably might might tear up just a little bit. You won't cry, but you'll tear up. Like, oh, that's real sweet. I know people who worship the first two Bad Boy movies. I worship them. Man. And they love the new movie. So, I mean, they're... you feel the same way, you probably will, too. I think the first two are, like, classic action movies... Like, buddy, I mean, like we were talking about Hot Fuzz. Like, mm. the the first two are the, are the kind of action cop movies you would watch. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be like, okay, what are we going to watch? Um, This one, not bad by any means. Um, Not, it's the least of the three. Mm. I'll say. Um, and that, that's not, that's not saying it's bad. I mean, Return of the Jedi is at least a three. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. Well, that's debatable. But I don't think it's a bad movie. But yeah, that's a whole other... 30 minutes of Han standing at a fucking door. <sighs> Anyways. We can go on forever. We could. But Bad Boys for Life. Um, I won't call it Bad Boys Forever, even though every time I've said for life, I wanted to say forever, because <laughs> it felt like a better title. Bad Boys Forever. Bad Boys for Life, homeboy. <laughs> One last ride. Until the next last ride. <laughs> One last ride in our track suits. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, and, and Alexander Ludwig had very obvious Adidas product placement. Yeah, Like did. his big ass muscles are like three stripes. Bold, and then there's fucking bulging the out of the sleeves. Like, like, right, guy, I see you. I know what it is. We get it. You wield swords. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, that is going to bring it to an end. Episode 35, 35 of Best Movie Podcast in the World. I would Can I say it? it? Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, what yeah. haven't we talked about? The Meaning of Life? We haven't done a Hitchcock movie yet. That's right. We should do Rear Window or whatever it's called. Ah, Rear Window is so good. Which is basically, you know... What... If you've seen that one episode of that 70s show, you've pretty much seen or, it. Or, I mean, if you've seen, you know, um, Disturbia. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Disturbia is like a knockoff rear window. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, just the best movie podcast in the world. What am I going to say? say? You know? We can't, listen, don't, it's facts. You just, it's, you can't get mad at facts. It's like, a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Sun rises I mean? in the morning, sets at night, it's facts. We're halfway to 70 episodes, which means we're a quarter way to 140 episodes. Which, uh, you know... That's uh, that's gonna be halfway to our promise of three hundred episodes, so you know, uh, get used to us. We're not going anywhere. That's right. Uh, but we are now because I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a burger. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I'm gonna watch Hot Fuzz. There you have it. I'm gonna get a burger and you know watch Hot Fuzz. Watch Hot Fuzz. There we go. Make a couple. Of, I think it's on Netflix too at the moment. I hope so. Oh. But if I gotta pay, you know, like four bones for it, I will. 
It's not bad. It's not for bad a Blu-ray copy? No, I get like 48-hour rent rental. Not bad at all. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. As always, the show, is, the show is free. It'll remain free even when uh, me and Alex blow up and start making all kind of movies. <laughs> we'll probably still do the show. It'll just be from my luxurious trailer instead of my shitty apartment. You'll just have to deal with all the sound of the wind hitting the microphone when mm. we're on a balcony. Listen, man, you're going to hear wind chimes in the background because I'm in the south of France and the wind is blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, that's going to be the podcast, just wind chimes. Us eating crumpets in the microphone and drinking coffee or tea or whatever it is. As a great prophet prophet Kanye West once said, in a French-ass restaurant, hurry up with my damn croissants. There you have it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at filmcastmail at gmail.com you can also DM us at filmcastpodcast on Instagram uh, Alex is going to go home and eat his burger I'm going to go to sleep and uh, traverse the dreamscape find more movie ideas that's right uh, <laughs> join us next week where we'll probably talk about Christopher Nolan for the 50th time Zack Snyder for the 20th time and Ryan Johnson's failures for the 1000th uh, time well, I don't know about that we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to uh, you know Knives Out was okay but everything else go in the trash <laughs> here we go I like Looper anyways we're going to go, guys. Anyways, here we're going to go, guys. Have a good week. See ya. We'll see you next week. Peace.